Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the number one international best-selling book called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. And we are just a couple of weeks away from probably one of the world's largest afterlife conferences. And if you don't know about it, I invite you to join me live and in person in Scottsdale, Arizona, September 15th through 17th, 2017. And you can check out the website at afterlifestudies.org. Now, if you can't go or maybe you want to go 2018 or just see who these incredible people are with some of the state-of-the-art technology and things going on as far as uh, oh, dealing with grief, contacting our loved ones in the afterlife, proof of the afterlife, and how to live a great life, just take some time and go to afterlifestudies, afterlifestudies.org just to check out some of the amazing people. So today we have a great show. It's a new friend of mine. Her name is Dr. Dawn Karima. Dawn is a two-time Global Music Award winner, a Native American Music Award winner, and an Indigenous Artist Activist Award winner. She hosts her own powerful radio talk show, has two award-winning CDs called The Desire of Nations and The Stars of Heaven. She's the author of the book, What to Do If You Don't Know What to Do, and the co-author of Children Learn What They Read, a book about multiculturalism in children's literature. Now, there is so much more I can tell you about her. She is absolutely amazing, but it's time to let her share her story, and she can tell you some of those things in her own words, because she's just a spectacular human being. She's also got a great story why she believes we don't die, and she's got a lot to say about how to live a powerful life. So Dr. Don Karima, welcome to We Don't Die Radio. Well, thank you so much for such a warm welcome and such a lovely introduction. All the glory always goes to the Creator, but I sure do appreciate you thinking so sweetly about me. Well, ditto. We are new friends, and I get to be on your show in no time at all. And I just think, uh, you know, when two or more are gathered, right, as they say, we can really um, get the word out and make a difference in a lot of lives. And you are one incredible woman. That I just can't help but think, was she always this incredible? Were you born as incredible? <laughs> I know we were. But, Don, if you wouldn't mind telling us a little bit about your story, where you come from, how you grew up. Uh, yeah, a little bit about you. Well, I mean, that's such a big question. But the wonderful thing is this, that I get to do what I love. And what I love is loving the creator and loving others. And I get to do that. And sometimes I do it by singing a song. Mm-hmm. and. I won two Global Music Awards for doing that. And a Native Congratulations. Thank you. And sometimes I get to do it by working in our community and helping other people. And I was just nominated for the Women of Essence Global Award for Community Impact. Wow. And uh, sometimes I get to do it with my radio show, A Conversation with Don Karima, which airs on TalkTainmentRadio.com. We're syndicated on terrestrial radio stations, internet radio, and podcasts, which you can download free anytime from TalkTainmentRadio.com or from iTunes. And so a lot of the things I get to do fall under this one life mission that I have, and that's to love God and love others. And so it takes on different forms. You know, I started my career as a baby and started in commercials. And then I started singing publicly um, as a preschooler. Wow. To Mike and an audience. And and then, of course, that led to my wonderful modeling career, which led to my pageant victories, which led to my broadcasting career, which I enjoy now in TV and radio. 
So, you know, I don't know if I was always amazing, but I sure was always a person of destiny. I was on a path and I stayed on that path and here we are. <laughs> oh, I know we are all amazing, but it's just, there's something, you know, you're just driven to be great and to share and, uh, oh, I just think it's super. What is your heritage? Where do you live and how did you grow up? Um, religion, any of that? Oh, well, first of all, I grew up in a happy family Great. and that helps, you know, that yeah. really helps and uh, it does. But one of the things that I think of when people say heritage is that I come from a heritage of faith also. Mm-hmm. I come from a strong um, Christian heritage. I also come from a strong tribal heritage. And so what that means to me is that I have a lot of ways to pray because uh, they're all to the same wonderful God, but there are a lot of ways to pray. Sometimes those prayers are words. Sometimes those prayers are songs. Sometimes those prayers are dances. Sometimes those prayers are poems. And I was thinking about that because in one of my books, I actually, in my novel, The Marriage of Saints, which was published by the University of Oklahoma as oh, part of their... Oh, I don't know about that. There's a lot. Series. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it was actually a finalist for the New Mexico Book Award. But I have a poem that I'm going to read to you right now from The Marriage of Saints, and okay. it's available Amazon, you can find it, University of Oklahoma Press, um, that really sums it all up to me. When I say a heritage of faith, the very best thing I ever learned in my happy family was how to pray. And what matters most is the weight of the heart, the measure of fire, the mind of God, first all and final, how we are made. What matters most is the use of the heart, the coming of children, the gold standard of bread, day in, day out, how lives are made. What matters at last is the joining of hearts, the glimpses of Eden that make us miss heaven, and how in one another we find it again. That's called The Worship of Angels, and it's actually from The Marriage of Saints, my novel in the American Indian Studies series from the University of Oklahoma Press. Mm. And I think that sums it up, really, that our whole being, our whole purpose, Our whole destiny is to love and to walk in love. And so that is something that I really want to talk about today because it's what I'm passionate about. It's what I'm good at. It's what I care about. You know, I love. That's what I do. And I know a lot of people do many more sophisticated things than that. No, that's all good. Dawn, I want to hear, just because of the title of the show, We Don't Die. You had said Mm -hmm. uh, before we had... uh, started recording um that you've got some stories for us so that we, we have some grieving husbands wives mothers yeah. fathers children aunts and uncles listening and i think one of the things that draws people to this show is mm-hmm. to give some stories of how people believe that that we go on and if if it's all right with you i'd love to hear some of those stories and then incorporate yes. uh your beliefs now and maybe even some of the the culture you grew up in, um, whether it's something um, American Indian, that is, uh, some of the faith, some of the beliefs in the afterlife, um, Christian, just wherever you want to go with it. But if you could just help us get a little grounded with uh, your beliefs about why you believe we don't die. Well, I think the main reason, the, the number one reason that I truly believe that we are eternal and that we have eternal life and eternal destinies is because love created us. Love is what we were made to do. Love is the very essence of our being. 
and love never fails. And so for that reason, I believe the love that's in each and every one of us that brought us here, that brought us into this life, carries us on as well. And so it's very important to me to say, if you're grieving, oh, I hear you. If you're brokenhearted, I am so sorry. And I just want you to know that Creator loves you, and I do too. And I know you might be thinking, well, how do you love me? You don't even know me. I don't have to know you to love you. I know the Creator loves you, and that's good enough for me. And so I want to say to every broken heart that I believe that once somebody loves you, they always love you. They may love you in a different form. They may love you in a different place, but they still love you. That love that that person had in your life, that you had for them, that they had for you, that love continues. And I say that with great assurance on several levels. The first is that in 2011, I died. You did. On Thanksgiving Day. Isn't that something? All the kin folks were gathered for a big old southern hospitality type of Thanksgiving Day feast, you know, and all the best food and all the family and everything like that. And I was getting ready and just boom. And uh, my family heard me hit the floor upstairs and came running up the steps and the EMTs came and it was a very sad situation and um, people were crying and they were truly convinced that, you know, I was leaving. Mm -hmm. But during that time, I had total peace. <laughs> I was not afraid, not one bit. I was not uh, distressed at all. I had a wonderful sense of peace and love and calm. And I won't call it a vision because we have so many sort of woo-woo feelings about things like that. And, you know, I have a PhD. I'm a Harvard graduate. I was considering myself a very practical, reasonable person. Mm -hmm. But I believe some things the Creator gives us and shows us and shares with us so we can comfort other people and sometimes ourselves. And I'll get to that in a minute. So during that time when I was sort of hanging between death and life and the EMTs are doing what they do and all of that, it was almost like a black and white sort of image. I saw a beautiful river and on the other side, standing on the bank, were all of these wonderful people. I saw people, my great grandmothers that I knew and loved. I grew up with my great grandparents very much in my life. Um, my former pastor and his wife who were very dear to us. I saw many people that I didn't know who they were, but I knew I knew them. Mm -hmm. In my spirit, I knew they knew me. And everyone was sort of smiling and patiently waiting to see what would happen. You know, like it was a welcome sense. If I would cross over there and join them or if I'd stay where I was. And the next thing I knew, I heard my mother hollering my name and screaming and crying. And I was like, oh. And I was back. And everyone was a little bit surprised to see me. And uh, I said hello. And everyone thought, well, that's lovely, you know she's back and uh, everything was in color again and that experience is one that just you know I put it actually in some of my songs and poetry and that I the ancestors I believe they're very precious to us and as tribal people we do believe that yes but um, I didn't know I'd need that experience until a little later on when my beloved brother who is my very best friend my right-hand man in the whole wide world 
um, died suddenly, tragically, and we're young people, we're young, but he died suddenly and tragically while he was a professor in Micronesia. Wow, sorry to hear that. Thank you, so am I, in 2014. And then my sister, who I dearly loved and who was just uh, my protector, she helped me do everything I do in the show business and everything that I'm in. She managed a lot of things for me, took care of a lot of things for me. She died suddenly and tragically in 2015. Wow. Yes. And those were heartbreaking experiences of unbearable, unbearable. And so I'm not sitting here, my friends that have lost a loved one, you know, with my little halo and my PhD telling you that you should think this way or that way. I'm sitting here with a broken heart and telling you that what gives me the ability to get up and win a second Global Music Award since then, be nominated for an indigenous, two Indigenous Music Awards since then, uh, be nominated for the Women of Essence Global Award since then. Now, this has all happened after these terrible, tragic, mm -hmm. horrifying losses. You know, um, there's nothing like that late night phone call where someone said, and you think, what? You know, what, what? Oh, they don't, we're young. You don't mean them. And yes, they did. Um, the only thing that kept me from losing my mind and allowed me to go on to do all these amazing things. I was doing amazing things and then they passed away and I had a few doubts if I'd ever do any more amazing things. And then I've done even more amazing things. And I believe it's because of this one thing. I know they love me. I know they're fine. I miss them. I wish they were here. But I'll tell you what, I know they live. And I know that they're happy. And I know that they have joined a great cloud of witnesses. Our ancestors, our elders, our friends, our family, our loved ones. I know that they're not suffering or in fear. And I know that because I died too. And so I know that 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 death is just a change of worlds, just like the uh, medicine man used to say to us, the elders used to say to us, it's just a change of worlds. And that is what enables me to go on and still have joy in my heart and still accomplish great things and still be happy and still enjoy this life because I truly believe my brother and sister are too. That's so special. And what a gift. Because I think... Oh, there's so much fear of dying mm -hmm. and death. And if we can live by your example, and without that fear of dying, there's no fear of living. And you represent a woman that is playing full out in her life. You're out there serving. You're out there making a difference. You're out there inspiring. And I believe that your creative creativity whether it's the books or the poems or the music touch people's souls i've listened to some of your music and it's that kind of music that gives you goosebumps you know mm. that it feels like it's that's the best way to put it a divine touching the soul kind of thing mm. i love that you think so and you know i know it has to be a glorious gift from the creator and my music, The Desire of Nations and The Stars of Heaven, both won Global Music Awards. And they're on Amazon and iTunes and CD Baby. And all the profits from those CDs go to charity. They go to help me do amazing things that help other people. Well, and thank you for doing that. That's pretty incredible. 
Well, I have to because I can't take credit for the music because I can't read music. You can't. I cannot. And I can't play an instrument. God just gave me this beautiful voice and I can sing anything I hear. But he also has given me all the songs. The songs come to me in dreams. They come to me fully formed. I can't even take credit. Like I didn't sit down and labor over these songs. It's just like I hear it and I know exactly how to sing it. And I can sing it back to the producer or the engineer. This is what the verses are. This is what it's like. I've dreamed and seen the verses just listed on um, a piece of paper. Got up and wrote them down in the middle of the night as fast as I could. And so that's why I know it's a gift. And so I can't really selfishly say, oh, yes, I should become rich and famous for something that the Lord gave me. And I know that um, the gift is to help other people. The music is to heal other people. Even what I sing about is all positive and uplifting. And it's to restore your soul and to give you encouragement. And then to, to win the Native American Music Award or to be nominated for Indigenous Music Awards, two Global Music Awards, Academia Music Awards. I mean, the awards just keep coming, which lets me know that that something that the Creator is doing in people's hearts is resonating with other people. It's not really about me. I'm just the, the messenger. You know, I'm just the prophet. Just, I'm just telling you what the Spirit wants you to hear, to feel whole and to feel healed and to feel better. And so I think that is one of the great joys when I see people listening to my music or somebody stops me in an airport or they come up to me after. I do a lot of speaking engagements, and a lot of singing engagements, a lot of consulting. I'm available for that. And I get to travel all over the world. And people come up and they say, you know, that they were at hospice with their grandma and they played this over and over again. And a guy told me recently, and it blessed me so much, he said he was getting a tattoo, a tribal tattoo. And the music that they put on in the tattoo parlor was my CD, The Desire of Nations. And he that helped him so much because it felt he felt so connected to his ancestors as he was doing this. And I'm always really humbled because I know I can't read music. I know I couldn't go to music school if I tried, you know. And yet, here is this wonderful thing, this gift, this precious, precious treasure that the Creator has put in my hand to comfort other people during all kinds of things. And I think a lot of what happens to us is not really for us. You know, when I died, um, it turned out I had high output heart failure caused by low hemoglobin, 2.9. And I ended up having 13 blood transfusions and I was wow. sick for a long time. And then when I got well... I was a testament to many people. I mean, people would look and say, oh, my goodness, you look beautiful. Or what, are you, what did you just win? Or you're on the red carpet again? Because I was supposed to be dead a long time ago. But I believe a lot of things that happen to us are not really for us. They're so that we're able to comfort other people. You know, when my siblings passed away suddenly and tragically, I was heartbroken, and I still am. But I was able to say to people, I know that they live on, and I know that they still love us wherever they are, and they contribute to the music, they contribute to the books, and they contribute, you know, and not in a weird, creepy way. It's just that I'll be writing a poem and think of some experience I had in the car on a road trip with my sister, or I'll think of something my brother used to say or, or do, and that becomes inspiration. And so, you know, people talk about how I have a zest for life, but I think I have a lot of help. I think I might be living for three. Oh, that is so sweet. <laughs> yeah. That really is sweet. And your parents, did you, you came from a good family and sounds like yeah. you had a good upbringing. And Wonderful. 
wonderful grandparents, wonderful great grandparents, um, all my aunts and uncles, and you know, just a lot of love. But I want to say to our friends that are listening, even if you didn't have that, mm-hmm. you have all the love you need because Creator loves you. So sometimes people will say, well, it's easy for you to get through this grief because you have, no, it's not easy. No, it's not. It's terribly painful. And I hate every minute of it. And I wish I didn't have to go through it. And I want my brother and my sister. And sometimes I'm terrified because I'm a young woman. And I think about the future. And I think, oh, my God, I don't want to be 90 without them. And then I remember I'm not ever going to be without them. You know, it's interesting because... I know for myself, there's often a negative voice that chimes in. You know, we all have this, a lot of us have this inner critic. I don't know if you do. (laughs) Um, But, and I've talked to so many people who've had near-death experiences and have felt the love. And to have not had that experience and just trust that it's there, Mm -hmm. is there any practice or anything we can do as human beings to beyond just the words and saying it's there you know you're you're loved but to actually get a sense of feeling the love do you think I do and I wrote a lot about that in my book the way we make sense which is my first novel that came out from Aunt Luke books and you can find it on Amazon and wherever they have good books (laughs) Uh, and I wrote about that a lot that process of finding love, because I believe the love is already within us. I believe it's already around us, but sometimes we have to tap into it. And so I'm going to read this to you called Eating the Scroll. Eating Most, the s- squirrel or scroll? The scroll, the scroll, like a scroll of parchment. I'm thinking the squirrel, the little animal. I'm like, what is she talking about? <laughs> okay. Multitudes of people crying, asking for manna and pleading for quail. Shouting, reaching, pushing, shoving, salt and oil, flour and lard, eating is everything. Pass your basket. Seek peace. He'll give us loaves and fishes. And that poem comes from my first novel, The Way We Make Sense. And one of the things I wanted people to understand is if we'll just seek peace, if we'll just follow after love, we'll find it. See, I think I I don't really have the inner critic. Um... I don't, and I don't know what that's about. Maybe I should. I don't know. No, no. If you don't have it, you don't want it, you don't want to go looking for it. No, I really don't. It's like when I have a mind to do something, I just believe it's going to be all right. I think my pastor's wife says that's a gift. She said that's the gift of special faith, and so I can't take credit for that. But I really don't. I don't worry. I'm not a worrier. I just believe that if I'm in it, God will take care of me in it. And even some of these catastrophic things that I've had to live through, even when I was so sick or even when my brother died or my sister died, I still believed that love would take care of me because love never fails. And it wasn't being naive. It wasn't because nothing was happening to me. I just believe I just that's my center and that's my core. But if it's not your core, I have good news for you. Part one of the good news is that I have a new Kindle book called What to Do If You Don't Know What to Do. And I have actual exercises that will help tap into some of this. I love the title of that book. Oh, I do too, because the thing is, that's universal. If you know what to do right now, trust me, in a little while you won't. Something will happen in life where you will need to know what to do. And that's why I wrote the book. And I think that's why it's been so popular is because people, everyone has a situation where you don't know what to do. But here's the bottom line of that. 
you'll have to trust love. You will. I, whatever decision you make, whatever actions you take, you're going to have to trust that love loves you. And by that, I mean that the Spirit loves you and that He's with you and that He cares about you. And He's not going to let you fall into ruin and mayhem and chaos, no matter how bad it looks. Now, how do I tap into that? Well, you know, practice makes perfect. And I think one of the things we can all start doing is loving other people. And what happens to me when I love other people, when we have our workshops or our veterans programs or we give away backpacks or do whatever wonderful things we get to do with the profits and the CDs of my music, I feel love. I'm giving stuff away, but I feel love. I feel it filling up. And that's something we all can do. We can all start right now to tap into the love that, that is all around us and in us and for us and through us by loving other people. And I can't explain to you how it works. I just know it does. I know that as you start loving people, you can compliment people. You can be kind to people. You can let them in that parking space and you'll walk a little farther. You can be nicer and kinder and more patient than you've ever been before. And little by little, that love will start coming back to you. It might not come from the person that you, you know, maybe you gave somebody something. They might not turn around and give you anything, but somebody will. If you will sow mercy, if you will sow love, if you will sow peace, I mean, your spouse comes in and says something crazy and you could have an argument, but you choose not to, you just sowed love into that situation. Your kids make a mistake and you could yell and you could do a lot of things, but you choose to show mercy and help them fix it. That is going to increase your trust in the love and mercy that the Creator has for you as you're showing that mercy. Yeah, I, I remember a quote. I don't, I'm, don't have it correctly, but it's the way to get everything you want in your life is to help other people get what they want for their life. Oh, wow. And it's the I, same thing. I, you know, you want to feel loved, you give love. Absolutely. Give love. You want to feel peace you share peace and it it doesn't seem like it should happen that way but like you say it is inside it we have we actually do have everything we need inside we've somewhere in our past we've experienced it we can summons it up but instead of waiting for that thing out there someday to happen to bring Mm -hmm. us happiness we can generate happiness ourselves and by giving it to someone else we get it back absolutely I'm so happy that you said that because that's the wisdom key right there you know my granddaddy used to say a little hinge will swing a big door and that is a great expression yeah it's a little hinge but it will open a wide door of love and and faith and it'll increase your peace And there's one other way that we can tap into love right now, including love of people that we miss, right? I mean, even the people that we miss and we grieve for right now, we can tap into it with gratitude and thanksgiving. Sometimes when I miss my brother tremendously, like I can almost not bear it, I start giving thanks. I thank God that he was my brother. We were born into the same family. I I thank God that we got to spend so much time in our lives together. We got to go on vacations together. and We made nice memories. I I thank him that we never had big arguments or fights that I have to regret later on. I thank him that uh, 
you know, we lived in an age where we could talk on the phone. I mean, it could have been 1800 and we would have never right, had it. Write letters, you know. get there months yeah. later. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, thank And sometimes I have to really scrounge. <laughs> if I'm feeling pretty sad, I have to really start digging for what, you know, okay. This, I'm, uh, and I thank, I, I just thank God. I just do. And I think, I think gratitude is the only attitude worth having, honestly. And I think when we're unhappy and we feel unloved and we lose our peace and we're grouchy with people and we're upset and we're sad, the number one thing that we have to check, are we grateful? Are we grateful? You know? Yeah, I think it's the most powerful force myself, gratitude and Absolutely. and love. But it takes something. And, um, you know, it's great to talk with you because... You are a go-getter. You're positive. You don't worry. You, I mean, obviously, you've experienced pain and, and things, but okay. you're able mm-hmm. to set your, your your human GPS on the direction you're going to go and um, let in the inspiration and the creativity and all that flows from you. But it's so it's nice to know that that kind of living is available, and it, mm-hmm. and so that's an inspiration. And also, as a human, that it that has, you know, you don't want this. So, oh, I'm going to back up a little. A lot of people that have had these near-death experiences have told me that the greatest thing they lose when they cross over, transition, whatever you want to call it, is that little negative voice, whether you call it the ego or the inner critic. And it's gone. And I just thought, wow, to live that life, like looking at another person, and not seeing the little things you want to pick apart about them, but just seeing mm-hmm. love, you know, seeing the eyes of another earth angel. Mm. To be able to have conversations with people, and if they're having a bad day, to be able to lift them up and talk to who they really are, as opposed mm-hmm. to maybe the neg- negativity that's coming out of them. You know, mm-hmm. so you're, you're very much an inspiration of what's possible. And... You know, maybe we weren't all raised the same way, and maybe, yeah, sometimes we do have that uh, negative voice in it, but we can take steps. And two simple ones that you just gave us is loving other people, like mm-hmm. being proactive and, in, in, you know, generating happiness, sharing, even if you don't feel like it, it'll give it back to us. And then even taking some time, you might not want to feel like giving gratitude, but take out a notebook and start writing things you're grateful for. And what mm-hmm. happens? It's only a matter of time before you really start feeling the gratitude and it can tremendously shift how you're feeling. Absolutely. And I think it also uh, avoids self-pity, which is, you know, sort of the underside, the shadow side mm-hmm. of grief. You know, if you're, if you're grateful, it's really hard to be feeling sorry for yourself at the same time. But I do think that I have to give credit where credit is due, too. I mean, I was raised by people. I'm the family business, so I have a lot of help. You know, people, we have everyone in the family pretty much uh, works to help me do what I'm trying to do. And so that helps a lot, you know, and I have a lot of help. But I want to say you do, too. Everybody does. And so I just want us to really remember that. It's okay to ask for help in the midst of grief and sorrow and all of that. It's okay to ask for help, starting with the Creator. You know, there are days when I get up and I'm like, wow, I really don't feel like going to do this today. Will you please help me to see the people as you see it? Help me to see this event as you see it. And all of a sudden, that mercy kicks in, that love kicks in, and I can't wait to get there. 
And uh, sometimes in the midst of grief and sorrow, you know, it's tempting to isolate ourselves with our pain or with our sorrow and just, you know, nobody understands what I'm going through or, well, I don't have to understand to empathize. That's true. And so sometimes there are people who, you know, cross my path and they've had tragic losses and I don't necessarily understand exactly what it means to them, but I understand what it's like to have your heart broken into shards. I understand what it's like to think, how can someone be so sad and not die themselves? I understand what it's like to think that your whole world is turned upside down and not have a way to figure out how to make it turn right again. And those are the moments when I encourage you to ask for help. Ask for help. There are people who would love to just hear what you have to say, to listen, to be there for you, to care about you. There are people right now who know, maybe they don't know exactly what you're going through, and maybe they haven't been through it before, but they're willing to meet you in that valley and walk through it with you. And that was something that I discovered because that takes us to the next thing that will help us to access love, more love in our lives, and that's humility. Humility comes before honor. And the ultimate sign of humility is to ask for help. And I think sometimes people, because they said it to me, people said, well, be strong for your mom and dad. Right. And I thought, okay, I'll try. And then I thought, boy, huh. And then I would say to people, you know, I don't feel very strong today. And I was shocked at who came to my side to help me. I was amazed. People... You know, you always think the help will come from this direction, but it came from that direction. And I believe that's so that God gets all the glory for it, honestly. Because there were people who stepped into my life and helped me do things and listened to me and prayed for me and took care of me. And I just sat there like, wow. And it was very humbling. It was humbling because I was usually the one helping other people. I was usually the one with the wise advice and life coaching and, you know, speaking to the crowds of thousands and all of that. And to have people come into my kitchen and sit down and say, I'm going to go to the grocery store for you. You shouldn't have to do that at a time like this. I'm going to take your car, get the oil changed in it. So you don't have to think about that. You don't have to worry with your tires right now. It was humbling what people did that made my life easier and better during such awful times. And yet, the humility that it takes for a lot of us, we have to remember, that's the only way we're going to break through into more help and into more love, is to say, I need this. Please help me. Even if we just go to the Creator, and at one point, I prayed a prayer. I got down on my hands and knees, and I said, Lord, I feel this is unjust and unfair. I feel my brother should still be here. This should not have happened. But please help me not to fall out with you. Help me not to get angry with you because you're the only one who's going to get me through this. And I think when we come into those raw, human, authentic moments where we take off our halo and we set down our, our, our preconceived notions maybe or other people's ideas or any of that and we just come humbly. The humble get the help every time. The humble get the help. And you know, it's such a, people love to help each other. And mm -hmm. I think it's hard to ask because I think sometimes 
you think, oh, I should be stronger than this. I should be able to figure this out. You know, I should have what it takes. I don't want to bother someone. But nothing feels better than to help or serve another person. So if mm-hmm. you're really questioning asking somebody for help, just convince yourself you're doing them a favor by, <laughs> by allowing right. them to serve you. And it, it really is great. We started a uh, Facebook group for listeners of this show. Uh, you can go to Facebook and type in We Don't Die Listeners if you're interested in that. But what I'm seeing is happening, um, Dawn, is so many people that are listening to the show or interested in the afterlife or most of us are brought together because of grief losing a loved one but Mm -hmm. i would have never expected this that people are asking like i'm a mom i've lost my son uh and then my husband passed away and this is this is the tough time i'm going through and there was one of the posts that had a couple hundred people that responded and yeah. even though it's a virtual community, but each name represents a real human being. And you don't That's have right. to be face-to-face to know right. that there's people around you, that there's love, that there's friendship. And, but ask. Mm-hmm. And you realize you're not alone. Right. And sometimes that is the biggest thing, to know that we're not alone on this journey. But without well, asking, there's, mm-hmm. there's no chance for anything. Oh, that's wonderful. What a generous spirit you have to start a group like that. Because I think that is one of the blessings of the digital age. It sure is. is. We can, you know, cyberspace and internet and all the apps and social media, we can have more love and more help than ever before. So often in my situation, it was the three o'clock in the morning torment, you know, of grief. And somebody else would be on Facebook or you know, message me on Instagram or something like that uh-huh. and keep me company all night long. You know, back in the day, you would have had to call people in the middle of the night and wake them up and tell them I'm having a really hard time or whatever. And now there are millions of people who care and are concerned and are interested and will pray for you or listen to you or whatever just because of this wonderful world that we have through the um, social media and through the Internet. And I want to say something, too, about that. That is one of the places that we all can serve. We were created to love and serve. And, we're, you know, whenever I'm unhappy or restless or something, I know it's because I'm not using my gifts and talents. And I think that's the root cause. You know, I, I think, hmm. That's a good that? way to think of that. Yeah. yeah. I need to be serving. Why am I thinking about me? I need to be serving someone. I need to be doing something with the gifts and talents God gave me. Well, all of us can serve through social media. We can all be kind to people. We can all comment loving things on their pictures. We can all um, like, we can all uh, reach out to people and say, you know, I, I thought of you today. I said a prayer for you. You don't have to respond. I don't, you know, I'm not trying to take up your day. I just want you to know someone cares about you. Anyone can do that. And I'm so excited about that because I see it as the reservoir of love that we all have in our hearts has some place to go. Because we can all send that love out to other people through social media. And it's free. And it's free, right, yeah. I mean, I might not be able to afford to get on a plane and fly directly to where every friend I have that has lost a loved one is, but I can sure check on them every day and let them know how much I love them and um, that I'm there for them. And I think that's a super important thing to remember, that we can all start with that. You know, when you're sitting there feeling sort of like, oh, I'm so sad or whatever, to reach out to someone else who may have new or fresh grief 
or maybe going through something that you just went through six months ago. That is a really wonderful way to serve people, even in the midst of your own pain. Beautiful. Have you ever had any visions or dreams about your, either your brother, sister, or loved ones? Hmm. I, I would say that I have dreamed about them. Sure, I have. And um, I don't know that you call them visions, but I mean, I've had dreams. You know dreams. those dreams that you think, yeah, they're mm-hmm. there, they're here, they're mm-hmm. that kind of thing. I don't know why I thought to ask you that, but. No, absolutely, I have. And uh, I have had those dreams. And I do think this, I think that we have to be wise about dreams. You know, we have to use prudence and wisdom when it comes to dreams. But I do very much believe that dreams are a powerful way of delivering divine messages as well. And so whenever I have a dream, I always am careful to take the dream back to God and pray about it and, you know, see what I'm supposed to learn from it and what I'm supposed to know. But in every dream I've had about them, I know that they're safe and sound and I know that they're all right. And I had a beautiful dream about my sister um, one night. And she was, we were walking through this lush and wonderful field of flowers and she was wearing her denim jacket and I recognized, I knew it was her and we were having the best conversation. And she said, oh, um, well, this is as far as I can go. And I said, well, then we'll just stay here. We'll just stay here. And she's like, no, you have to go back. You have great things to do. And I said, oh, no, nothing, nothing better than to be here with you. And she said, oh, no. You have a lot of great things to do. And she started telling me all these wonderful things that were going to happen in my life. And at that moment, I thought, my life has been ruined by this tra- by these tragedies. I can't imagine that anything good will ever happen again. And I woke up in the morning. I'm like, I woke up from the dream and I wrote down everything she told me in the dream that would come to pass. And everything on the list, except one thing which it will happen, but it hasn't happened yet, has come to pass since I had that dream. That's why I asked you the question. My little voice yeah. in my mind said, ask her about her dreams. <laughs> yeah, everything. I mean, the awards, uh, you know, a tour of the Caribbean. I mean, all these things. And she How said, awesome. well, you have to go back and have these awesome adventures. You have to do these things. And at the time, I woke up and thought, this looks like the craziest list I've ever seen in my life. And yet everything on it except one thing has happened. And I think about, you know, I dream about my brother and um, I know that he's happy in his new home and I know that he's at peace and I know that he loves it there and that he's loved there and he is happy. That's the only word that I can use, that he's happy. And so even in the dreams when I try to persuade him to come home with me or wouldn't it be wonderful if we could just sit right here forever, he says, no. You have to go on, but I have things to do. And they're glorious things to do. They're wonderful things to do beyond our wildest dreams. And so for those reasons, I believe those dreams were sent to comfort me and let them go. But at the root of it all is the fact that I know that when I died, I wasn't sad. I wasn't in pain. I wasn't suffering. I wasn't miserable. And so I believe that when they died, they're not either. They're happy, they're well, they're loved, they're cared for. And the whole goal of every human heart is to draw close to our creator. And they're doing that right now. 
Wow, you're so inspiring. Oh. I want to have a, a Dr. Don Karima pill that oh. <laughs> when I'm in a bad day, having a bad day or, you know, worried about this or that, just take the pill. And then what the pill will do, it just remind me who I really am. Oh, wow. Well, and, I don't have a pill for you, but I no, do have a show. Yeah, you, you do. Have- Let's talk about yeah. that. Time goes by so uh-huh. fast. And because, yeah. I invite That's people, right. first of all, I invite people to go to wedontdieradio.com and there's a link that you can click on for Dr. Don Karima and it takes you actually to the YouTube page. But just beneath this episode, I have links to your music, to your books, to your radio show. Um, but for somebody who's listening right now, who's not seeing that, let's let's talk about some of the ways that people can uh, get the Dr. Dawn pill, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah, and absolutely. I know it's not you. I know it's creator and God. I understand that. But it, it is a different way of living that I, I've met one other person like you in my life. Really? Just oh, one. Okay. Only oh. one. And this guy from a very young age, he grew up with parents that told him he could be anything, he could do anything. They encouraged him. There was never, uh, you know, some kids grow up feeling that they're not good enough, not smart enough. Well, he had none of that. So he is actually an artist that creates beautiful artwork. And it's one of those things where everything he touches, he succeeds. And he's so positive and he doesn't take any of the credit for any of his gifts. And it's just, it's really interesting to see. I'm like, oh, there's another one. Dawn's here. (laughs) I know. I'm so happy. I feel like I should meet him and we should. Yes. Oh, wow. That's so amazing. It is. I think about it, I guess, because I I will no longer take it for granted. Thank you. That will be another thing for me to be grateful for because I think about even when I was growing up, I would say I was going to do something and my mother would say, well, somebody's going to do it. Might as well be you. And I think about my grandfather saying that I was his good arrow and he was aiming me into the future. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, it is. And so that kind of just, you know, like I said, I'm the family business, so I can't take a lot of credit for a lot. Mm -hmm. People identified gifts and talents in me and said, well, she can either end up, you know, in a train wreck like so many shooting stars do. I mean, there's lots of pretty girls in the world. There's lots of, you know, models. There's lots of singers. There's lots of everybody in the world sure. but to have longevity in the career like I've had you have to have a lot of help and so they were very wonderful in terms of guiding me and the wisdom and just here's how we're going to do this and here's how we're going to succeed and here's what you're not going to do and all of those things were very helpful but you know maybe you didn't have that Maybe right now you need some positive energy and you would love to have some and I can't come home with you, but I can be on your iPhone. I can be listened to while you're on your morning commute, you know, and that's a conversation with Don Karima, which is my radio show that's syndicated through talktainmentradio.com. So you can find my show on iTunes. You can find it on talktainmentradio.com. We're also syndicated on terrestrial radio stations. Um, you know, you can listen to our show. The podcasts are free and we do that for a reason. We want my dad, my granddad used to say no cost means no excuse. There is no excuse not to have positive energy in your life. Just download, listen. And I'm telling you, the people we interview are all positive people, dynamic people. They are doing amazing things and you will feel that positive energy in your life. I believe it. 
You can also have sort of a daily Dr. Don Karima um, dose just by listening to my music. The Desire of Nations, The Stars of Heaven, both Global Music Award winners. Um, the Desire of Nations is also a Native American Music Award winner. Stars of Heaven is an Indigenous Music Award nominee. You can listen to that music. All profits from it go to charity. So when you buy my music, you're actually helping us help other people. All the collaborators, the producers, engineers, everybody who works on my music donates their time and talent because they want to help other people. We're on iTunes, CD Baby, WrittenHeritage.com, Amazon. And I think that music will help you change your spirit. You know, there's so much negative news and negative energy. Oh, yes. All of that. And sometimes you have to give your mind and soul and your heart a bath, you know, and just let the cleansing music flow over you and heal you. If you're in grief and sorrow right now, sometimes you can't lift yourself up by yourself. It's right. just too hard. So you have to take a shortcut. And that shortcut is called my music. And then we have books also. The Marriage of Saints, uh, The Way We Make Sense. My new Kindle book, What to Do If You Don't Know What to Do, which even if you do know what to do right now, you know, buy it for other people, buy it for yourself for later. You know, an emergency is only an emergency if you're not prepared. But if you're ready, then it's not. And we have just some wonderful things in that book that will help you tap into the wisdom and the love and the faith and the peace that's already inside of you. But in the midst of chaos and grief and mayhem, it may be a little harder to find. So there is no Dr. Don Karima pill yet. And I'm not even <laughs> sure, you know, when I think about it. You know what I mean. It's not necessarily it's you. It's the essence well, it, of who you it, are, there, really, yeah. who you're being. Exactly. And yeah. the reason there's no Dr. Don Karima pill is because really everything that's inside me is inside each of you, too. It is. It is. And we just have to stir up the gift that is within you. And so I consider myself a spiritual cheerleader. I'm just, I believe in you. You can make it. And I'm not just saying that like a fortune cookie or something like that. I'm saying it because I know God and I trust him on your behalf. Pretty powerful words. I'm having just this thought of um, being a soul coming into planet Earth the first time and really excited and can do anything. And we even think of little kids that, what do you want to be when you grow up? An astronaut, a fireman. Uh, the president, whatever that may be, you know, where all dreams are possible. Mm -hmm. And then life happens to some of us that, you know, are, you know we may do it to ourselves. Either we feel shut down or we feel not good enough or not smart enough. And, and, and we just seem to get these layers upon layers of uh, stuff on us. That, and that, that little shining diamond who is ready to take on the world, where did they go? But we're still in there. We are. Mm -hmm. And to just... Yeah strip away those those layers and to realize that um, we are still that bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, perfect little soul coming into planet Earth, that it's all still possible. doesn't matter what age you are, that there are dreams. If you, if you can dream it, you can do it. You know, I don't remember who said that. It's Walt Disney or who, but it, it's all possible. It is all possible. So. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you have yeah. any closing words, Dawn, just for us, and then we'll close out this episode? A little I gift. Just, I just want to say that I appreciate this opportunity to share so much, and I want everyone under the sound of my voice to know something. 
you are loved. Your loved one that you have lost, they still love you. They still love you. Love never fails. Creator loves you. Right now, right where you are, in the midst of your hurt, in the midst of your pain, your disappointment, your grief, your sorrow, your mayhem, your joy, your celebration, your rejoicing, good times and bad, love loves you. Love will never leave you. Love will come and save you. Love will come to your rescue. In our family, we have a tradition that if you text someone the word forever, they have to text back and one day and immediately stop what they're doing to come and help you. Well, guess what? You don't even have to text love. Love is right there right now. The love of your lost loved ones, the love of your loved ones who are here with you, the love of the creator, and our love, our love right now is with you. So I want you to remember that. You are loved. Now, take that love and go love somebody else. Amen. 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 That's really beautiful. Oh, Dawn, thank you for being our guest today. Thank you for having me. Oh, and I look forward to being on your show. It'll be great. I'll share that as I can't well. Wait. I know. And for our listener, thank you for taking this past hour to be with us. We have talked, spoken with the most magnificent woman, Dr. Dawn Karima, who, again, if you um, go to wedontdieradio.com and click on this episode, I've links to her music and her books, and you can see who she is. She's just, just great. And also, while you're at wedontdieradio.com, if you click on Join the Insiders Club, uh, you can ha- you can read a free copy of my book if you like, We Don't Die. A lot of healing words in there. There's also a healing um, audio called How to Survive Grief, which is great. And so, in closing, I want, uh, just really what I got out of this is that there is a way to live life, a new way to live life that's not using the negative thoughts that are in our minds. And, you know, it's just very, Don has been very inspiring to me, but to know that some of this, we have to really ignite the flame ourselves, you know, don't wait for something to happen, make it happen. That's something my mom says, but if you want to feel love, love someone else. If you want to be happy, bring happiness to someone else, serve another person, take some time if you need to grab a piece of paper, start writing what you're grateful for. Gratitude will transform you. That I promise. Ask for help. Boy, what a gift it is to other people to allow them to help you. And like I said, even if you want to be in the uh, virtual world and, and join our Facebook group, We Don't Die Listeners, and just ask for what you need. And you, you never know. Um, they, I can tell you that there's a bunch of like-minded, loving souls that will be there for you 24 hours a day, like Dawn said really great. So in closing, my name is Sandra Champlain and I've been your host on We Don't Die Radio. And I do believe that life is an education for the soul and that your life here on earth is important. So I really want to thank you for listening and we'll see you soon. 